Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our partners at Bet Online continue to get it done. NHL, NBA, college sports, tennis, boxing, golf, whatever you want to bet on, you'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And oh, by the way, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards and get that welcome bonus with Bet Online. Start betting. It's where the game starts. It's always ice cream season in Central New York, and the locally owned and operated Carvel in North Syracuse welcomes you to come in and grab one of their Santa ice cream cakes or a six-pack of Jolly Cups, both perfect for the Christmas season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel Ice Cream Store opens seven days a week, Brewerton Road, North Syracuse, America's favorite since 1934, and now offering their Santa ice cream cake at and six-pack of Jolly Cups. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Be sure to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by our great friends over at Burn Dairy, the Syracuse Fitness Store, MyHotTub.com, and Brian Conboy of Bass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today at advisors.massmutual.com. That's advisors.massmutual.com. He's on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well. Brian Conboy is the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. All right, so this is going to be a really, really fun show. Uh, I'm going to do my typical NFL week recap, and then I have a crossover episode from the Vilton Buffalo Podcast Network with my dear friend Scott Petoniak, the longtime Buffalo Bills reporter, columnist, author, insider, we're going to break down Jets week. We're going to talk about Josh Allen and, and, and his you know latest heroics. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about you know injuries, the Odell Beckham Jr. watch. Uh, so much to get into in Bill's land. So I'm going to play that crossover episode uh, here in a few minutes. But before I do that, let's go all the way back to last Thursday. The Bills, speaking of, <clears throat> they beat the Patriots 24-10. to And this game was 17-7 to Buffalo at the half, but I felt like it was 30-7. to I felt like it was a game that was totally in control. Sometimes you win in sports by, you know, with, with less of a gap, but it feels like a bigger gap. And I just thought that the Bills, you know, they really did a great job, um, you know, controlling New England's ground game, which I thought was the same game plan as the week before that and the week before that, right, when they had to face Nick Chubb and they had Jamal Williams and, and Detroit and company. You know, go at Ramondre Stevenson, make him, <clears throat> you know, get, get stop him and then make Mac Jones make a mistake or two. Mac Jones did not throw any interceptions in this game, but uh, he was flustered like crazy once the Bills were able to pressure him when he kind of realized, oh, I have to win the game. And then in other times, Bill Belichick was like punting, you know, basically like white flagging it, right, in this game. I mean, I, you know, I'm telling you, I mean, third and, you know, relatively, uh, for today's day and age, third and relatively realistic, I don't know, man. I mean, you, you got to go for those and punt and try to, try to, Come back, don't you? I, I don't know. Um, but the Bills, you know, they 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 defended well. Um, you know, I thought, you know, having Tremaine Edmonds back, you could clearly tell the difference in this game. Um, you know, just how him and Milano work off of each other. They only had one sack in the game. They they didn't have any picks in the game. The Bills, 
Uh, but from a defensive perspective, they did what they needed to do against the run and then obviously flustered Jones quite a bit. Uh, Shaq Lawson continues to do his thing. Greg Rousseau came back and played fairly well. Uh, mixing in reps here and there, right? Like ramping up to Tredavious White. And that's the other thing. The Bills now have 12 days off, um, you know, until they play the New York Jets at home this Sunday. And let's face facts. I mean, the Bills went from the world's ending, they lose to the Jets and Vikings, to they're back up to the top seed of the AFC, and they've got two straight 1 o'clock home games against division rivals. Now, the Bills need to win those games. The Bills might just need to win out here uh, because I, I'm not, I don't trust you know anything less than 14-3 and three being enough because you don't want to go to Kansas City. And frankly, the way the Bengals are playing, the Bills have to go there, right? Right when the New Year starts, that's going to be a tough game. And Cincinnati... I mean, hell, they could be winning out themselves and steal the home field somehow, right? I mean, just in weird ways if the Bills and Chiefs come back even a little bit more uh, from a record standpoint. So, um, and the Bengals and the Bills both own the tiebreakers over Kansas City. So, uh, but, you know, Tyler Bass continued to be great. Stephon Diggs was dominant. I mean, he's just uncoverable. Uh, The Bills kind of had to figure out, you know, after that first quarter, you know, Marcus Jones ran it in at 7-3 pats, and you're like, oh my goodness, is it going to be kind of one of those games? But then it was, boom, nine plays, 82 yards, 450, touchdown digs, right? Like Gabe Davis, boom, 14 plays, 56 yards, 746, boom, right? Fourth quarter, long, 15 play, 94-yard drive, almost nine minutes, boom, 24-7. At that point, it was over, of course. But um, I thought really in the second quarter was where the Bills took this game because the Patriots could not... Um, get them off the field, uh, they, you know, defensively, and they couldn't certainly, you know, get those third downs to move the chains to keep the ball away from Josh Allen. So uh, it was a really, really, really good sound win. I do think that the Patriots are a little bit of a mess right now with some things going on in the play calling, and Belichick obviously kind of looks a little lost, which is amazing to say. Um, but, you know, this was this was the win that the Bills really, really needed. And um, you, you just said to yourself before it, get through it, and then you're going to have a bunch of days off, and let's see what happens moving forward. But the Bills got through it, man. Three days, three three games in 12 days, two of which were in Detroit over a five-day span. The travel, the snow, the stress, the whole thing. The Bills come out with three wins. And, um, you know, I, I know it wasn't the Chiefs, Bengals, and, you know, Phil and the next team in terms of who they beat, Eagles. But, uh, the, you know, it's hard to win in this league, man. It is. Uh, Steelers beat the Falcons 19-16 to in a game where I think we've seen a little bit more now out of Kenny Pickett. And this was a classic Mike Tomlin game, right? I mean, they're on the road. They have a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta's a dumpster fire, and they have been for a while. But you kind of sat there and said, you know what? Defensively, running the ball with Najee Harris, let's just keep this thing to under 20 and win the game. Let's go out there and fist fight him. And they did. And Najee Harris, man, that throwdown with the defender with that stiff arm was unbelievable. Um, you know, and Kenny Pickett is, uh, you know, really, I think, showing signs of life. I mean, I really believe that. And boy, does it help to have T.J. Watt in there, man. I mean, that defense now with him, um, you know, it, it's a totally different deal, you know. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Edmonds had a pretty good game there. I mean, Cam Hayward continues to just be an absolute stud. Uh, he had a sack in this game. Uh, he's so hard to deal with up front. Um, and the Steelers got to win, and the Steelers are – you know, they're kind of just hanging around at five and seven. You know, this is what the Steelers do. They never go away ever, you know, ever, ever, like totally. But we'll see if they can kind of make some more noise here in the last few weeks. Packers beat the Bears 28 to 19. Christian Watson, what an unbelievable uh, uh, performance again by him. He is so fast. Uh, what a terrific 46-yard TD he had. 
Uh, Justin Fields uh, really struggled in this game, two interceptions. And Green Bay went on the road and won a big game. I mean, they won a really, really big game for them considering where they are this year. I don't think they're a playoff team still. Um, but it just shows how bad really the Bears are. I mean, if the Packers and how bad they've played went in there and won that game, uh, the Bears scored nine points in the last three quarters. I mean, come on. They need offensive help. They need a lot, a lot, a lot of offensive help uh, to surround Justin Fields. Otherwise, you're going to waste them. And the Packers continue to, uh, you know, every once in a blue moon, you know, they, 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 they get, you know, they get, kind of in your head, like, oh, maybe they're just not going away yet, right? And, you know, some of it has to do with Aaron Rodgers. They've obviously got a great ground game. Uh, A.J. Dillon was spectacular in this game. Um, you know, Watson is coming into his own as a superstar. So um, Green Bay, you know, not not the best of years, but don't be surprised if they went out because they're Green Bay, you know, and they have Aaron Rodgers. Lions pound the Jaguars 40-14. to 14. What an embarrassment for the Jaguars. Uh, you know, they beat Baltimore, then they go on the road and just, I mean, they didn't show up. You know, they didn't show up at all. I mean, they had six points at the half. And it was just Jared Goff, Swift, and St. Brown. I mean, those three offensive players have been outstanding. And Detroit's 5-7. and seven. They have a real shot here to finish 500. I mean, they really do. Um, and this is now the version, as I've mentioned a couple times this year, they should have beaten the Bills on Thanksgiving. But, you know, these are these are some of the games that we said last year, hey, you know, although this was a blowout. But the close losses last year where you were like, they were the better team. They're the tough team. They're competitive. They're, that team is showing up a lot this year, and they've won more games. Vikings 27-22 to over the Jets. Um, <clears throat> this was a pretty interesting, fun game, I thought. Um, and they kind of, you know, went toe-to-toe. Uh, the Jets get, you know, 10 points in the fourth quarter. They get, you know, uh, really, I thought what they needed out of Mike White. I know he threw it 57 times and had two picks, but... Um, you know, he, he seemed to be able to move the ball, um, you know, consistently on the Vikings defense. And the, the, the big drive obviously was at the end of the second quarter, uh, you know, Greg Zerline caught this or, or yeah, Greg Zerline finished the drive with the field goal. Um, the jets, you know, I thought had some life going, they were down 20 to six at, at the half to Minnesota, but I thought that there was a little bit there, like, at the end of the half, you kind of started to see, like, okay, maybe after that 11-play, 86-yard drive, like the Jets' defense, they kind of let them go down. And, you know, but then they stopped Minnesota for the field goal. And that was a huge stop. And then the Jets get the ball. They go down and get a field goal. And then they own the third quarter with two touch, uh, with uh, with two field goals. They pull it to within 20-12. to 12, Then they get another field goal, and they just keep hanging around. Then Justin Jefferson gets that pass. You know, and you're like, uh, uh, this game's got to be over now, right? And then Mike White, obviously, with a one-yard touchdown run, five-yard, you know, five-point game, rather, at that point. Obviously, the Vikings got the pick late and, and ba-boom. But I thought the Jets really had a lot of confidence in this game, even when they were down, and you could see that they battled back and really, really, really were there in the end. Um, <clears throat> and this is a much better Jets team this year. I mean, it really is. It's just... You know, the best players oftentimes make the top plays, and there's nobody better in the NFL right now than Justin Jefferson and that route that he ran and the touchdown. He didn't have a spectacular day with the stats, but, uh, boy, when you need Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's there pretty much all the game, but he was there in the end. He is a spectacular, spectacular wide receiver. Um, let's keep moving on here as I re recap some games. Commanders 
and Giants tied at 20. This was kind of a weird one, and they play, again, what, in another week and a half uh, down in Washington. Um, I thought it was just kind of like a really interesting back-and-forth type game. You know, it was tied at the half. It was close all the way. You knew it was going to go down to the wire. And, um, you know, I, I look at these two teams right now, and both of them have surprised the hell out of me. Washington's 7-5-1. and one. The Giants are 7-4-1. and one. Both teams have a chance to make the playoffs. Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, ran it fairly well in this game. Uh, obviously, you know, they didn't have the Giants a, a spectacular offensive game. Um, I thought the Commanders had a better offensive game, and certainly Taylor Heineke's numbers were uh, better than Jones, and he had two touchdowns and all the rest. You know, McLaurin's a really good player. Samuel, they have a lot of weapons who can hurt you. I would tell you that I think the Washington Commanders right now are a better football team than the Giants because they have a little bit more offense. I just, the, the DNA of this offense is just, ooh. I mean, it's Saquon or bust, and you got to work Jones into special cases, play action and all that. If you don't work him in, it's going to be a big problem. And the Giants' DNA offensively, I'm not sure they have enough offense to get into the postseason. Certainly, I think they have, you know, some some offense. And the defense has come up big this year in spots. And they've obviously got way, way, way better coaching. But again, that to me, even in a tie, I notice the difference between the Commanders and the Giants in terms of the offense. Eagles roll the Titans. Speaking of a lot of offense, 35-10, to 10, they just absolutely took this thing right from the start and uh, went at it. They were up 21-10 to 10 at the half. They scored 14 points in the second. They win 35-10. A.J. Brown, unstoppable in this game. He made an incredible touchdown grab with a defender all over him, you know, right into the kind of a one-handed breadbasket deal. Um, he was fantastic. Eight catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts continues to play in an MVP level. The Eagles are the most complete team in football, and they will be the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, you know, to try to get to the Super Bowl. Ravens beat the Broncos 10-9, to a super, super, super uh, boring game uh, here. And obviously a lot of it had to do with Lamar Jackson going out with the injury. Huntley went in and just basically did barely enough to beat a really, really bad team. I mean, if Baltimore had lost that game, even without Lamar, holy cow. I mean, you want to talk about things maybe closing in a little bit here. But they get the win. And 8-4 and four looks a lot different than 7-5, and five, doesn't it? Browns beat the Texans 27-14. My guy Nick Chubb uh, on my fantasy team performed well. Thank you very much. And Cleveland just, you know, again, they scored three touchdowns. Um, you know, none, none of them were from the offense. The defense was spectacular and suffocating. And really, you just could see the Texans just don't have a good football team at all. I mean, it, you, you could argue that they're the worst in the NFL. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to recap the rest of these games. Then you'll hear from Scott Petoniak from the Rochester Business Journal talking all things Buffalo Bills. It's the ML Sports Platter here, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, our good friends at Burn Dairy, Rosie's Corner, and Brewerton Ace Hardware. I'm going to recap all the rest of the games. That's next, but this first. ML Sports Platter back with you, brought to you by Bowers & Company, CPAs, MyHotTub.com, and Jam and & Beats. We move to the Seahawks and the Rams. Entertaining game, but you know what? Geno Smith was a difference in this football game, period. He was a difference. Uh, the throw to Metcalf for the go-ahead TD was a thing of beauty. Geno Smith, you could argue he's in the MVP conversation. He went 28-39 for 367 and three touchdowns. That's pretty darn good. Lockett performed incredibly well. He was all over the place and unstoppable. Tell you what, Seattle, Seattle's a problem for the NFC. I mean, I, do you want to play Seattle? You know, I, I don't. I certainly don't. Maybe they can win a bunch of games and, and even host a playoff game down the line here with the way the crazy NFC is. But, man, I'm looking at this team. I'm going, I, I'm impressed. I've, I've been really impressed. You know, they traded Russell Wilson. They, now they got all these picks. 
mean, how bad is it for Denver? You know, you look at it and go, oh, boy, we really could use some picks. Oops. Like, your first rounder this coming draft is gone because you traded him for Russell Wilson, right, in that huge bundle of picks. Woo, brutal. Now, the Rams, they won the Super Bowl last year, and they're going to miss the playoffs this year. But guess what? Like, hey, whatever, you know. Like, they won a Super Bowl. So, you, you know, you put your, your, your eggs in that basket and you move on. Um, but the Seattle Seahawks are humming, and the Seattle Seahawks, they're a pretty complete team. And Geno Smith is playing at a very high level right now. And I would not be surprised if they came out of the NFC just because of, you know, the nature and the DNA of that that franchise and that culture and the way they're, the way they're playing right now and Pete Carroll's vision. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. Uh, Miami gets slaughtered at the 49ers, 33-17. to A uh, lot of excitement in this game, a lot of star power, Tyree Kill, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, uh, but Dean, uh, Dre Greenlaw's scoop and score uh, was, was awesome and padded the lead. And, you know, this 49er team is, is a team that a lot of people think are, are a threat. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, now injured with the foot, uh, gone for the year. Uh, so they're going to have to, you know, ride, uh, ride, ride your guy, Brock Purdy, man, you know, and, um, can he be enough in the Kyle Shanahan offense? I, I'm not sure. I love this roster. I have loved this roster, but they've been missing the quarterback. I mean, you look at the defense. Nick Bosa had three sacks, okay? He had three sacks in this game. He leads the way. Then you got Fred Warner, Warner coming at you as as arguably the best linebacker in, in all of football, right? You've got all these guys, all these dudes. You've got Greenlaw. I mean, they are they just come at you and at you and at you and at you on defense, and you cannot breathe. Eric Armstead. I mean, there's a million guys who kill you, led by Nick Bosa. And I just think that they overwhelmed the Miami Dolphins in two or through two picks, right? I mean, two of Tonga Viola. And look, I know Tyreek Hill had a good game, great game, nine catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. But you know what? Two against great defenses when he can't necessarily get up over the top. Uh, if the short stuff is being taken away on, on occasion, that's a problem. Because Tua doesn't throw. Um, he throws more of the, you know, intermittent stuff, you know, the, the the eight to ten, and let the guy you know yak it up. Waddle and Tua, you know, 49ers, They're God, that roster's that roster is unbelievable. But again, can they get to a Super Bowl without an elite, elite quarterback? Bengals twenty-seven to twenty-four over the Chiefs. I thought there were three huge differences in this game. Number one, Joe Burrow, Moxie and Poise. Number two, the Bengals defense showed a lot of what they did last year in the AFC title game. And number three, I thought that the Bengals played a lot more physical, you know, up front uh, on both sides of the ball. I, I really do. You know, Perrine had a great running game for uh, Cincinnati. I'm actually trying to pick him up in my fantasy team. Um, you know, Mahomes was not that spectacular. You know, they they controlled uh, uh, Pacheco, you know, from like huge, huge runs. Um, I, I thought the Bengals played a really complete physical, you know, kind of almost overwhelming type of game. And then Burrow was able to make plays. And, uh, and they won. And, you know, uh, I tell you what, you know, the throw to Chris Evans, the boxing, the poise, the third downs, uh, Burrow is special. Burrow is special. Uh, Raiders beat the Chargers 27-20. to This was a great game for Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. And uh, the Raiders are all of a sudden starting to roll, right? I mean, you know, they had that walk-off win with Josh Jacobs with a big long run last week. And now you come back here and Derek Carr and Adams combined for two highlight real touchdowns. This is what we thought we'd see all year from this team. Certainly Rich Eisen did because he picked them to win the division. This was the Raider group that some people had envisioned here. Let's see if they can end strong and maybe, you know, make things interesting and uh, get, uh, you know, even more in the hunt, as they say, on the TV screen. Cowboys beat the Colts 54-19. to This game was absolutely 
uh, a crazy turn of developments, right? Because they were only up 21 to 13 at the half. And then they outscore the Colts 33 to six in the second half. And it was just, it was Prescott's three touchdowns and it was defensive plays. And it was the Colts just can't get out of their own way. And, you know, Dak didn't have a spectacular game statistically. Neither did C.D. Lamb, right? Like, they didn't. But they ran up a bunch of points. Uh, they had, obviously, uh, three interceptions in this game. They worked with some short fields as well, which helped. And Dallas gets the W over Indianapolis. Just a complete and utter blowout. And now, hey, remember Jeff Saturday won his first game? Yeah. Yep. See how this works in this league? Everybody loses their minds over one week, and then, ba-boom, here we go. And then finally, Buccaneers beat the Saints on Monday Night Football, and Tom Brady had some magic, man. I mean, he really did, you know? 13-3 to going into the fourth quarter. You know, the Bucs, you, you think they might be pretty much dead, right? It's 16-3, to you're like, okay, you know, here we go again. The Saints always beat the Bucs. Oops. Oops. Tom Brady strikes, fourth quarter, two touchdowns, final three minutes. Of course. Of course. And Brady, Brady won the game for him. I mean, he won the game for him. And now Tampa, 6-6, six and six, a lot of new life now. Lots of new life. Brady did throw a pick in this game, but, again, he was there when it mattered. They couldn't really run the football that great, but Tampa Bay, new life after that victory. So there's your NFL Week 13 recap, and I got to hand out a game ball, as I do every single week here on the program, and I can always choose from just a bunch of different guys I'm going to give it to my aforementioned pal, Geno Smith. Really nice game for him. 28 of 39 for 367 and three touchdowns. The ultimate difference maker for the Seattle Seahawks and a win over the Rams. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's the ML Sports Platter brought to you by Welch & Company Jewelers. It is time to shop now for engagement rings, wedding rings, and a heck of a lot more. Necklaces, bracelets, and all the rest. Go get them on Instagram and Facebook, by the way, because you can save a bunch of money this December on your purchase. WelchJewelers.com is a website. WelchJewelers.com. Welch & Company Jewelers is the official jewelry store of the ML Sports Platter. Right here, right now, it is Scott Petoniak, my good friend from the Rochester Business Journal, talking all things Buffalo Bills from the crossover episode of the Pandemonium Podcast and the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Here's Scott Petoniak, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. What's up, Bills Mafia? Mike Lindsley back with you here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, download, rate, and review all of our shows. Get us on builtinbuffalonews.com, and of course, all over the social platform. Subscribe to the YouTube page, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And, uh, you know, it's seven days a week, right, of Bill's content as we uh, get ready for the real, real time of the football season, the, the season that the Bills are playing for with all these expectations. And uh, we've got the big, uh, uh, you know, long, really compared to <laughs> three, three games in 12 days and playing two of them in five days type of a thing. 
Uh, this break for the Bills was much needed. It's funny because sometimes you just don't know how the extra rest will affect them, right? I mean, sometimes teams like Buffalo, they face adversity. They The harder it is, maybe sometimes the better you play. Um, you get some rest, maybe you kind of come back a little bit and you, and you look a little worse. It's weird how rest works. But I think in their particular case, I think they do need it because they got to get bodies back and they got divisional games coming up and they need that extra prep. They need their own beds. They need the facilities and they need to win the next two games. And with that, let's bring in longtime best-selling author, Bill's reporter, unbelievable sports columnist for years and years and years. He's now with the Rochester Business Journal. We're going to break down the Bills right now, the game going into this week and beyond. It's my good friend, Scott Petoniak. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm doing fine, and, and so are the Bills, obviously. Yeah, things change quickly. I mean, you know, you lose the Jets and the Vikings and the world's ending and all the injuries and all the adversity with Detroit and the challenges and, you know, the Lions uh, uh, on Thanksgiving. And here we are, and Buffalo is right back where they were at the beginning of the year as the top seed in the AFC uh, at 9-3 and three because obviously they have the tiebreaker over Kansas City. Casey loses to the Bengals. Uh, you know, the Bills get a break with Miami losing against San Francisco. But do you think right now that the Bills are the best team in the AFC and in football? Wow. Um, if I had to say right now, it's probably between them and Cincinnati, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, uh, Cincinnati scares me. Um, they obviously, you know, the job they've done on, uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs in the last three games over the, the last calendar year is awfully impressive. Uh, they're healthy. They have three dynamic receivers, and they have a, a heck of a quarterback in Joe Burrow, who you know uh, probably is getting close to being being mentioned in the same sentence as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he is—he's something else. He's special. Uh, so, you know, I, I would say I would still probably I would lean towards the best chances of winning it all are still with the Bills. I'm still I'm still very bullish on them. Um, but man, Cincinnati's scary right now. And, you know, that game could take on some significance if let's say, you know, Kansas city has a fairly easy schedule the rest of the way. And so you may have pressure to have to, you know, as the bills to, you know, to, to win out. And that means, you know, of, of these games, I think they can, but the toughest one's going to be that Cincinnati game. But I, I still lean that the bills are the Super Bowl favorites. So, you know, going back to that Thursday night game, um, you know, this past week, um, did you feel, a lot of people felt like, even though the Bills scored only 24 points, that it was one of, if not the best, complete wins of the season, and just how they did it, and it was only 17-7 to at the half. It wasn't like it was a blowout, blowout by the score, but it felt a lot larger than that, and the Bills have figured out, I think, how to win games when things have kind of come off the rails for Allen a little bit, uh, you know, with turnovers and all the rest. But they they really they really controlled the New England game in a way that, and you know, Scott, you've been doing this for decades covering sports. Sometimes you win closer, but it feels like you dominated more. Did you get that sense? Yeah, I never I never worried about that game. You know, seventeen seven felt like. 35 to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, now part of it has to do, I think, I think the Patriots are a mess and I think Belichick's overthought himself and, and is paying for it. I mean, and, and you don't have Tom Brady anymore. You know, let's be honest. I mean, he masked, you know, so many deficiencies and enabled to enabled your team to, you know, to overcome a lot of that stuff. But um, 
Yeah, I think one of the positives maybe that has come out of Josh's injury was that, you know, they needed to protect him a little bit and they needed to stop being maybe overly reliant on him. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, the Bills need to become this, you know, run-oriented team or anything. You know, Josh still needs to be Josh and, and you still need to allow him to be that. But I think, you know, I think that this forced them to look at their run game a little bit more and to look at some different, you know, options. Now, Josh still makes the big play, you know, that you would expect a super-duper star to make and that you need him to make in order to win games. But maybe something good came of that in that, you know, you, you kind of um, weathered that storm and show that you are a little bit more of, uh, more of a complete team than maybe, certainly, than you were last year at this time and and you know you know it's easy to forget this team was seven and five at this point last year and really they yeah. lost like what three of seven and six seven and six and it, yeah 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 seven, and they, they weren't they weren't looking good you yeah. know and so and this is against this year is against a tougher much tougher schedule than we expected we never anticipated right. that you know the afc east was going to be right. tough yep. you know and we thought Kansas City was going to be dealing with this. You know, everybody talked. I mean, I we thought, like, the AFC West was going to be the best division, the toughest division in the history of football. Yeah. Well, it's it's turned out to be a farce, and and it's still Kansas City, the king of that division. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm still optimistic. My biggest concerns, and, you know, we've talked about this before the season started. My big concern was, I said, Josh got to stay healthy. Josh got to stay healthy. Josh got to stay healthy. And I I don't know if he's completely healthy, nor will he be maybe for the rest of the season, but he's they've managed him well through this and he still makes some throws that take your breath away. Um, So I think, I think it's all good. Now, you know, I worry about other injuries too. And this team obviously has suffered more than they have in the previous years. Um, and some of that's just bad luck, we know, with injuries. I mean, I think the Bills have done a superb job with their medical science department and using technology to keep their team healthy. But there are just some years where that nothing matters. Like, it just doesn't work for you. And we'll see with Von Miller, like, it would be nice to get him back for the playoffs. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about that. So with Allen, I've, I've thought, and again, Scott Petoni, I talking some Bills with us here on the Pandemonium podcast uh, Rochester Business Journal, the longtime best-selling author and uh, Bills insider. Um, with Allen, I've always thought about how, hey, if you're not going to get the elite, elite Allen, you know, last year's playoffs basically perfect against Kansas City and New England. If you're not going to get that one, you know what the next Josh Allen is? It's the Josh Allen who plays kind of like Brett Favre in the backyard with the boys. You know, throw it deep, take some chances. Um, you know, maybe he's going to fumble here and there. He's going to get, you know, some bad breaks, a couple of drops, you know, the, 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 the fumble, you know, at a one yard line, he's going to slip in Tennessee, maybe here and there. But then in the fourth quarter, he is going to be John Elway, you know, Bart Starr uh, and whoever else you want to throw in there kind of rolled into one with an unbelievably unique skill set. And you're going to get a little bit of that bot, a bad Scott, but boy, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He, he's there for you in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a great, great player. I mean, I, I, I'm just so impressed with him. And yeah, I, I, again, he's that elite athlete that you never feel you're out of the game. Um, you know, and he has, he has that capacity. You know, in that fourth quarter, to to make those types of plays that are going to, you know, 
winning the football game or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, he went he went through a, a slump there, and he's been dealing with the injury and stuff and, and whatever. But I think he's you know I think a lot of it, Mike, is just he's a, a much more cerebral quarterback than he was. Yeah. But he's still instinctual and still will you know use his physical skills because he's just such a driven guy that he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And and again, we get nervous especially when he's leaping or whatever. I, I, you know, it's spectacular, but I don't want to see it. Know. You know, let, let Edmund Moses do that stuff. That's, you know, we don't, I don't want to see it on the football field because right. it just takes one awkward landing and then it's all done, you know. Um, but he is, he's just something special. And I think that, you know, I think this is just adding to his legacy, to be honest with you, that he's, he's overcoming first, you know, first the, the mental uh, – difficulties of going through the slump that all the great ones do mm-hmm. everybody does and and he, i thought he handled that well and um you know kind of backed off a little bit like i don't have to play hero ball and then he had the injury thrust upon him and that you know he had he's had to work through that as well so i think he's actually grown and i think it's just gonna you know bode well for the future he's only 26 mike we got to keep reminding ourselves he's 26 I years know, old. I know. You know, the best is yet to come, and hopefully it's going to be coming, you know, next month and, and uh, the first, you know, first uh, early February. Ken Dorsey, where do you land on him? What kind of a job do you think he's done this year? Um, some people were, you know, calling for, oh, how come you're not getting Dawson Knox in spots? How come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? Uh, you know, you're not give, giving them what Brian Dable did. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, we're only, you know, he's only – at that time, what, eight, nine games into his NFL career, 10 games, and you know? Yeah. So you need time there. I actually think that because they've been able to run the ball the way they have and that's pulled, you know, kind of some of the, the turnovers and all that, it's kind of sent them away because the Bills are able to win kind of in different ways, I think, more now than ever. And I think a big part of that actually might be because Ken Dorsey is scheming the balanced attack that Sean McDermott so desires. Yeah, and I think I think you, that's the point you hit on right at the end there. I think, you know, there was some tension, you know, between Dable and 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 McDermott last yeah. year. I think McDermott is still, you know, he's still he's still siding with the old school a little bit. I mean, he's obviously come come across the analytics and the modern game, and, and that you can't, you know, you've got to utilize and, and, and the risk reward of having a superb athlete like Josh Allen at quarterback and stuff. But, you know, I think that they've kind of scaled it back a little bit. And I and I do think that, they're, you know, that it is important to be able to run the football efficiently. And, again, that's not to say, like, you got to dial Josh back and not have him throw or this and that, get ultra-conservative. Not saying that at all. But this is the time of the year. And also when you're deep, when you, you know, have unexpected things thrust upon you, such as Josh's injury, you know, that it's nice to have, you know, some other people carrying the load, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm looking for that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, offensive line versus defensive line. We know Von Miller is going to be out for a few more games at least, but at this point the Bills need him for, for January, obviously. Um, you know, Deion Dawkins on the other side. I, I've, I've argued it, Scott. Deion Dawkins getting him back and getting him 100%. Because of what you alluded to earlier about keeping Allen upright, he's the cornerstone. He's the big block over there. You know, he's the left tackle. He's the blindside protector. Deion Dawkins is a mountain of a man who just eats people alive at the line of scrimmage. 
and prevents them from getting to the superstar in Josh Allen. I think Deion Dawkins, you could argue, is as important as anybody on either side of the ball for this team other than Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, Von Miller was pretty good. If you, if you look at the impact he had, I mean, the, the number of pressures was, Ridiculous. was amazing. Yeah. And, and the impact he had on the guys around him. But, yeah, no, there's no question you've got to get Dawkins back. And I don't think... I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think this is a great offensive line by any means. Yeah. I think that I think Josh masks some of the, mm-hmm. the deficiencies. I think it's a slightly above. It's like maybe a C plus line to be honest with you. But Dawkins is clearly, you know, you know the the big cog in that line. Um, he and Mitch Morris probably at center. Yeah. Um, you know, and so yeah, you, you want to get him healthy for this stretch run, and uh, you know that they've been able to. I, th- I think that's the other impressive thing when we talked about the injuries and stuff. We're talking about Josh and we're talking about Von Miller, and, you know, and, and Micah Hyde and so forth. But yeah, uh, you know, Dawkins is, is an essential part of this team, and uh, you know, and it's going to come into even more play, you know, the deeper when we start start with the playoffs, and even before that, like as I mentioned, you know, going going against Cincinnati, even the Jets. I mean, I, I think the Bills will beat the Jets, but. You know they got a pretty good defense, and they can get after you too. And and so, um, yeah, I I, I I think Dawkins is is he's in the top five most essential players on on this football team for sure. I hate, and I don't do it anymore. You know, looking at his schedule and going, that's a win. This is a pencil. This in for li-. because come on, the NFL is the ultimate to use it. It gets used for a reason. Week to week league. I mean, it's it, one thing can happen one week. You're on top of the moon. And you have two injuries and your whole season goes apart. I mean, it, who, who knows? Like, it, it's one week at a time. However, if you had to ballpark it, do you think that the Bills, like, is the number still, I've always thought it was 14-3 and three to absolutely make sure that you're going through, through Buffalo to, to win uh, a Super Bowl. You have three losses here if you're the Bills. You can't lose again, Right. Do you think yeah. 14 or 13 will be kind of the number here for Buffalo to get that home field with, uh, you know, one, two home games and two road games, one at home against New England, Cincinnati still on the docket. Is it 13? Is it 14? What do you feel more comfortable with there? Well, I want to win out. Yeah. I, I feel comfortable there because I'm still concerned about not going back to Kansas City. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean, and, and as we've said, you know, Kansas City, again, like you said, on paper, you know, who can judge these things in this wacky league anymore? But you know, I mean, look at look at the remaining schedule. You know, there with, with the Chiefs, they got the Broncos, the Texans, the Seahawks. That could be a little bit more challenging. The Broncos again, and the Raiders. Um, you know, that that's a that's a weaker schedule than what the Bills are clearly facing. And you know, the other thing that concerns me is like, yeah, they should beat the Jets and they should beat the Dolphins. You know, in Buffalo. Uh, in Orchard Park, um, but divisional games are so wacky, yes. uh, especially this year in this division. You know that you can't you can't just assume it and put the W up there. So again, I'm wondering, you know, if this this could come down to that Cincinnati game that you know you're you're going to have to put you're playing for home field advantage, um, and and you're playing there, and that's uh, you know it's a nationally televised game and stuff, and and again. Man, if you you watch Joe Burrow, I, I've always been super impressed with him. And now that they, you know, now that he's got Chase back, um, that's a dynamic, dynamic receiving core. They can run the football. 
And clearly, I mean, they don't have a lights-out defense. But the fact that, you know, what they've done against Mahomes in Kansas City, it, you know, can't be discounted. It's, you know, they've, they've got something figured out there. So, you know, and they're, they're, that's a team, I think, that if you say, like, well, we'll get into a track meet here. And, yeah, I always like Josh Allen's chances of, of putting points up on the board with anybody. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and go match you. But Burrow can do that, too, with, with, you know, with that, that type of offense. So, yeah, I feel more comfortable winning out <laughs> and just not taking anything for granted here. Boy, when you watch Jordan Poyer play football, I mean, how would you describe him? Wow. Um, and what an impact he's had, right, since he's come back. Mm. Um, he and, and we're, you know, we'll have to get into a situation. Are you going to pay him? You know, yeah. that, that's going to that's going to come to a floor at, at, at some point here. But um, I, I don't know. He, he is just such a solid guy that he knows he, he is so cerebral and so smart. He knows where he's supposed to be. He's great at diagnosing plays, seeing keys, and he's also great. I think he's helped out. You know, this has been the big thing with both he and Hyde when they were there together. They get guys in the right position. Yep. You know, yep. they cover for, you know, you know, deficiencies at the quarterback position with the Bills. Um, you know, which there have been some, and you know, and you start to worry about Kyrie Elam and stuff like being a healthy scratch at this late in the season for a first round pick is not good. But anyway, I just think he's uh, he's a quarterback of the defense, you know, and I think he's so smart and he really anticipates so well because he just he he, he just instantly diagnoses things. And I think he, again, he's just a great cerebral uh, type player that you love to have at the back of your defense. My final thing for you is, you know, this Odell Beckham Jr. watch thing. I mean, I guess he was getting wined and dined by Jerry Jones last night at a Mavericks game. Luca went off. I don't watch the NBA. I hate it. <laughs> but, you know, Be- Beckham was there, and, uh, you know, he's in he's in Big D. He's getting the treatment. Jerry Jones, you know, I'm sure those guys shared some cocktails together, too, because we know Jerry Jones likes to get after it. Where, where do you land on Beckham? Do you want him? I, I, I understand the impact he could have. We saw it in the Super Bowl last year. When he's healthy, he can be a real, real, real influence uh, type guy. But there is a little bit of baggage there. There's drama across the board. And, oh, yeah, there's also two, not one, two significant, uh, you know, knee reconstructions there in terms of, uh, you know, the ACL. So Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be, period, you know, where, period, and, 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 and do you want him? Well, I think he's going to be in Dallas. I just get that feeling, like, Perfect. like you you said. You know, I I just think he's uh, I think he's wowed by the bright lights, yep. in the big city, and you know he was in L.A. You know he was in New York, and then Cleveland. That's why Cleveland didn't work. Cleveland, I yep. don't think he. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't think he particularly liked the, the bright lights. They weren't bright enough for him. Right. There, so, right. So I, I see he's going. I think I think he's going to get wowed, and I don't think nor do I want them. I don't want the Bills to go overboard, you know, to try to make this work. Um, now, you know, you can look at it and, and I know people, including Tom Miller, obviously has been, you know, been banging the drum for this, you know, since training camp, right. Um, you know, about, oh yeah, he's going to be in Buffalo, this and that. He is that guy. Like, had he not got hurt in that Super Bowl, I mean, maybe oh. the Rams romp, you yeah. know, I mean, he was, he was trending before that, like, well, here's your Super Bowl MVP, That's right. right? I yep. mean, he was just, I, I mean, he, now you raised the great point that. 
I'm also concerned. I'm not so much concerned about the baggage because I think there's a great culture in Buffalo and, and you know, they'll, they'll run him right out of town if he, if he acts up or whatever, which I don't think he's going to do because he's playing for a contract essentially, you know, but I do worry about, you know, the two injuries and wh- where does he go from there? You know, like, I mean, that's to, to overinvest in that. Um, I don't know if I, I want to do that. Would I, would I like to see, you know, a, a second receiver of that caliber, sure, on the Bills. And would I would I like to see, you know, uh, you know, Gabe Davis has been somewhat disappointing, you know, and yep. and some of the other secondary guys, Dawson Knox and whatever, they're kind of like disappeared. Like, where is that, you know, where is that slot receiver? Where is that safety valve? Like for for Josh, I mean, Stefan Diggs has been all world. He's all pro. You know, there's no question about it. But yeah, I feel I feel better, if, you know, to have have that second dynamic option, but you know, who knows, maybe Gabe Davis will shine when the, when the playoffs start again. Yeah. And part of that feeling, of course, in closing, closing, really closing is that, you know, two guys, Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox to me, like haven't really shown up yet this year. I mean, Gabe Davis was kind of anointed the next superstar of the Buffalo bills in terms of uh, the wide receiver position and beyond. And I know Dawson Knox has gone through absolute hell losing his brother and and what a horrible year for him but you know the bills gave him the contract and they're committed to him you know we've got you mentioned Poyer you know Tremaine Edmonds is going to be a free agent as well we've seen how important he's been uh, even more so this year so I look at that offense with like the dynamic of it and that's why it pulls me to ooh, maybe OBJ maybe you know because of the Davis Knox thing but by the same token I think Allen Dorsey and company I think that like their best possible offensive football is still maybe ahead of them I really do yeah, yeah, and again, you know, they've had to weather some storms and, uh, you know, uh, physical and mental and emotional and, um, you know, with, with Josh. And uh, so hopefully he's going to be, you know, fully, you know, as best as best you can hope to be with that elbow and so forth when, when it comes playoff time. And hopefully there haven't been all the bags of tricks, uh, uh, you know, played with yet uh, by, by Dorsey and, and company and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, there, there's still chance for those those things to happen. I, I do think that, you know, they, they missed Cole Beasley, not that, you know, I mean, Beasley's kind of a knucklehead, but um, I, I do think I do think it's important to have kind of that, you know, that slot receiver that, you know, you feel comfortable with, especially when they're coming after you or they're, you know, playing every like everybody plays now, the cover two, trying to take the deep stuff away from me, you know. So I don't know. I, I mean, again, I still think that they're uh, if you can do it and 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 not have to uh, mortgage the future or whatever, you know, and that you you know both sides realize this is going to benefit both of us here, and you got a chance to add another ring and and maybe get a contract if not with us, then with somebody else, you know. But otherwise, you know. Let him go to Dallas. I agree. Scott Petoniak, best-selling author, columnist, Buffalo Bills insider, reporter for years, Rochester Business Journal. Unbelievable stuff, uh, as always, with you, Scott. Really appreciate the insight. And, uh, you know, let's see what this team does the rest of the way and, and have a great holiday season. You too. Thank, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.